Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Monday, February 8th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, embargo, which means a prohibition, especially against commerce. Well, Super Bowl 55 is done and over with. 31-9 was the final score in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I have to say there was a lot of history made in this particular Super Bowl. I mean, you had the first time ever the home team hosted the Super Bowl. First time ever the logo represented the hometown. I guess you could say with the ship and everything. Buccaneers, okay. First time ever the oldest QB to start with Tom Brady being 43 years of age. And as of last night, he has won seven Super Bowls all together with two different teams. Outstanding. However, another historical moment happened last night. For me, anyway. It was the first time ever I stopped watching a Super Bowl right at halftime. I just said enough is enough. I mean, the refs were just horrible. And yes, I became disgusted. Now, I'm not one of those to jump on the bandwagon of favoritism, but last night was just so blatant. If anybody watched that game, I I think you can agree. I know some of you may be fans of Tom Brady's or may even be fans of the Buccaneers, but really? The call, the plate, the calls were just horrible. I mean, I, and I said this at the uh, during the the year also. I don't want to just confine it to uh, that particular game or that particular team or that particular group of refs or or that particular quarterback. But all year the refs have been making horrible calls. The penalty play, penalty calling is has just been horrible all year. I think what has happened with the NFL, and I, I, I don't know, you know, this this thing of protecting the, the quarterback and the concussions, and I get that, I get that whole wholeheartedly. But ever since they came up with these new rules, the penalties calling has just been horrible. It just seems like if you touch someone or a player, then it's a flag. Well, doesn't that defeat the whole purpose of football? Football is a contact sport, by the way. It's not like basketball. It's not like baseball. It's a contact sport. That it, it is what it is. That that's just what happens in football. You're going to get hit. I mean, sometimes you may get slapped, may get kicked, may get thrown, but that's football. And, and I hope and, and I hope the, the culture of the NFL isn't changing to what I think it is 
this pansy flag football looking game. Because that's exactly what it looks like to me. I've been noticing it all year, a little bit of last year also. It looks like they're going more towards this this soft contact, if if you could say that, if you could believe that. That that's that's not football, at least not football I want to watch. So like I said last night, I just got disgusted and 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 I turned the TV. Hell, I started watching Sanford and Son, <laughs> reruns of Sanford and Son. How about that over a Super Bowl? Yeah, it was just that bad for me. I I, I didn't I didn't expect to tune into a Super Bowl and and see what I saw last night. That was just horrible. It it really was. I'm sorry. Not sorry. I I can't believe that. Well, let's move on. Um, Looks like the new changes to your children's education for North Carolina, specifically the social studies curriculum, to include more diversity and inclusion and to include how women and racial groups and other religious groups have contributed to the betterment of this country has been approved by a 7 to 5 vote State Board of Education. The head of the uh, the board who is also Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson held a press conference last week after a political cartoon appeared on a local news station's website. This political cartoon depicted him and other members of the board who are Republican as hooded Klansmen. By the way, Lieutenant Governor Robinson is African American. I mean, can you see the irony and insult in that? This new curriculum changes is going to encompass grades K through 12, which will, uh, if I could just pull out one part, it's going to include gender identity. I guess they're going to explain to the kiddies about gender identity. Well, okay, okay, okay. Back to this cartoon and this depiction of, uh, I guess the Republican members of the State Board of Education as being hooded Klansmen. And 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 the news channel, by the way, I, I won't name, the news channel came out with a statement pretty much saying it was just a depiction. It was just making a statement. That's all. It, it wasn't nothing, it wasn't anything intentional. It was just somebody, uh, 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 someone was making an editorial or, or a comparison. Well, about that. I guess if you have a backbone or an original thought that goes against what what's popular, you are depicted as being someone who hates. I mean, that's that's what I got out of it. That's all. I mean, there's nothing intentional. I don't mean to degrade anyone, but that is what I got out of it. And I don't understand how a, a, a news news station, I understand you, you report the news, but, and I understand also you have editorial pieces or what have you, but for you to come out with that at this time 
in our history when someone is depicting someone as a Klansman and say it wasn't anything intentional. You're making small, as I say, you're making small beans or peas about it. It's nothing, nothing great. Ah, uh, no, no, no. I mean, it almost seems as though we've gotten into this this mindset that if someone goes against what's popular or what one group wants to be the new norm, you're either a troublemaker, a racist, or a deplorable human being. Hmm. I don't know about you, but I personally, when I saw... The, the little political cartoon or character character I found it disgusting I mean you may not agree with what he says but you gotta find a better way than that to depict him as a hooded clansman now that, that's just a little bit too much for me that is, that is, that's, that's, that's very disrespectful. I would expect, I, and I, I grew up watching this news channel, this news station, and I expected so much more from them. Maybe from uh, the other news channels, local news channels, I, I, I probably would have been like, ah, okay, I see where they're going. But this particular news channel has always been on the up and up, or so I thought. Maybe they're going through some changes or hell, maybe they want to get their ratings up and this is the way to do it. Hmm. Okay. Well, moving on. Well, this is, is interesting. I would say perplexing, but it's really not. It's just, I just found it interesting. A Durham bar owner is suing the city of Durham and the state of North Carolina saying due to COVID-19 and the mandatory closings of his establishment, it violates his constitutional rights and has cost him his business. Hmm. Side note, also in June of last year, the North Carolina Bar and Tavern Association sued Governor Cooper to reopen the bars along with the restaurants. However, the lawsuit failed due to the bars fitting into a private club category because it doesn't serve food. Now, in the beginning of the pandemic, more than 163,700 businesses have closed, according to a report by Yelp that was conducted in September of last year. However, in October, October, the governor allowed some bars to open at 30% of their outdoor capacity. There's the key word there, outdoor. Which, of course, didn't help this particular bar owner and others like this bar because the bar didn't have outside seating. Then yet again, Governor Cooper in December allowed bars to sell to-go drinks and cocktails. But himself and other bar owners decided it wasn't much help. I mean, really, uh, selling or delivering a, a few cocktails 
a day probably wouldn't help a business that's already in the red extremely. Their bottom line is shot. So that that there was a, a didn't work so well well either. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, the basis for this lawsuit is now of course the bar owner understands the situation at hand orders to slow the course there was orders that these orders were put in place to slow the pandemic which was needed and he of course he's not asking to reopen but he feels the the orders created a situation where his business was treated differently than others while he had to shut down his business because of the pandemic however utility companies and the landlords didn't shut down and they still required payments of course so he's suing up to $25,000 claiming this violated his his rights and his company's 14th amendment rights to equal protection under the law and it also violated his 5th amendment right by taking property without compensation now, the $25,000 is the minimum for an actual lawsuit, civil lawsuit in Durham County Superior Court. So I guess that was the most he could sue for in Superior Court. Well, Durham County Superior Court is a civil lawsuit. Okay. Now, that's, that's, that's understandable, of course. However, as a result of his bar being closed and wasn't generating much revenue. He got evicted. Landlord changed the locks. However, he did stay, he did fight to stay afloat before the eviction by holding multiple crowd fundraising events. Some money was raised, but that that was raised went to pay his former employees. And he tried to start a YouTube channel around playing board games. This is the type of bar it was. Apparently, you would go in, have a few drinks, and play board games. Man, I didn't even know that was here. That seems like that would be pretty fun, I guess. But that wasn't successful either. But this past summer, he did receive a grant from the City of Durham Small Business Recovery Fund of $10,000. Well... And little to no avail. Over half of it went to pay the rent. And the rest went to renew his liquor license. But. Sad to say by January of this year. He was behind still. And the eviction soon followed. In fact. One of the events he would hold. Was a. A Facebook live event. I guess he would go. You know. Hold live events where he would. Uh, let's see, maybe play, talk to people about, you know, I don't know what he was doing. But one day while he was live, he went to his bar, tried to turn the key, and discovered the locks had been changed by the landlord. Landlord sent him an email saying, hey, you can walk away clean, debt free, you can owe nothing. But he refused and has decided to fight. He's filing a separate lawsuit against the landlord also, stating the eviction violated his constitutional
constitutional rights yet again. Well, folks, as I've always said, COVID is that life-altering event. It is changing and has changed everything, every facet of our lives. Now, lawyers and constitutional scholars have said they can't see the lawsuit, although it may hold some merit. They can't see the lawsuit going anywhere because they can't see the court's pigeonholing, as one said, the government during a pandemic. I mean, I, I, I get that there had to be the closings because, I mean, it was a pandemic. You, you know, you didn't want people out and about being crazy. Or, no, I won't say crazy, but you didn't want people out and about. At that particular time, of course, you know, when you drink, you do get a little loud and boisterous and or, or what have you. So, they're saying that the lawsuit, it, it really, it's really not going to go anywhere. And, and and that that may be true. I mean, yeah, they, during a pandemic, you know, a governor or, or government has to do what they have to do to make sure everyone is safe. Public safe, safety is paramount. It is number one. And that's understandable. And, and this article just shows there's a lot of people hurting in many different facets. Some things we we can't even imagine. I, I never. I mean, I had heard about, you know, the bars and how they were being closed and, and weren't allowed to open. And then when they did allow them to open, they allowed some to open at a 30% capacity. Then they went into the, uh, you could, uh, you know, sell to-go cocktails or you could make deliveries. That didn't sit well with me. I just didn't, I, I don't... Nah, that 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 just didn't sit well with me. I I, I couldn't imagine the fact that I would go or, or go online and order some drinks and have them delivered to my door, or I would go curbside and pick them up. I mean, they're drinks. If I go curbside and and pick them up, what am I going to do? Chances are, I'm going to want to drink them right then and there. Lo and behold, if I'm driving, I mean. That, nah, that didn't sit well with me. There goes your, I mean, if that, <laughs> if that was to happen, or or it did happen, I guess. I don't know if it's still going on. Now, there go your DUI numbers. I mean, hey, common sense. I'm going to pick alcohol up curbside, and, and I'm just going to wait till I get home. Hmm. It's like... Going to, it's like going to a restaurant at Mickey D's. I, I don't know if you heard this Mickey D's commercial about the guy who who orders the food and he has fries in there. And by the time he, well, hell, he didn't even make it out in the parking lot. He discovered he had ate, if not all of his fries, half his fries. Chances are, I mean, hey, with alcohol, same thing. Common sense. So I, I didn't. I didn't really see that. I felt that was a, a, a grasping, good intention. But I mean, hey, no. But 
back to what I was saying, that there's a lot of people hurting on a lot of different levels. And this article just, just signifies that. I mean, at this point, as far as the bars go, if they don't serve food and they only served alcohol because that hey, that is what a bar does generally, just alcohol, that's a bar bar. That's what I call it. That's a bar. That's where I want to be, a bar that sells alcohol. I can go somewhere else to get food after I finish drinking. What do you do? I mean, what can you do? There is a pandemic going on. You have to try to get a, a, a hold on it. What do you do? And, and I honestly don't know. I mean, I feel for, feel for this guy and others. And, it, and, and I understand their plight. And it sounds like he does his, I mean, I mean, he understands the government's plight, but what do you do? You're just in one of those businesses where you say this is the nature of the business we do. And along comes COVID and it totally not only disrupts it, but it destroys it. I mean, it just lays it flat out. What do you do? There's, I, I don't want to say, but the obvious answer here is there's nothing you can do. And I don't want to sound like I'm being heartless, but you just have to cut your losses. As hard as that is, I mean, that guy worked for that business and now he realizes, I'm sure, as he did when it started, man, I I not only have to cut my losses, but I'm done. And I put my all and everything into this because this bar, apparently it opened in 2015 and sometime later it had received an award as I guess, I guess you would call it a happening place by these, uh, this magazine called sci-fi geeks. It's an online magazine for something for the sci-fi channel. Like I said, it was a bar where you went in and you had beers and played board games. I don't think it's necessarily geeks. I mean, hey, I would have, if I'd known it was here, I would have went. I mean, hey, but that was his all. That was his everything. I mean, sure, you can say, hey, you got just try something new. You got to reinvent yourself. Ah, man, everybody's hurting. And even if you would try to now start serving food, that's more money. You have to go get a, a, a cook or cooks. And you have to get a, a wait staff, but you're still not open to full capacity. I think now you have to stop serving alcohol by nine or 10 o'clock. Who does that? Everyone now due to COVID. Everyone. No question, no words, no words about it. it it's done. So these bar owners have found themselves in a, a bad spot. They literally have to just cut their losses and some of them may just have to walk away altogether after they've given their all. That's the sad thing about it. Think about it. You, you put your all into something and then all of a sudden, wham! You gotta shut it down. You gotta walk away. 
I mean, you, you could try to fight like this guy did, did, but the inevitable will eventually rear its head and looks like it has. And, you know, like this, the constitutional scholars and the lawyers have said that that lawsuit, chances are, is not going to go anywhere. And as far as that with the utility companies and the um, utility companies and the landlords, yeah, that's not going to go anywhere either, I'm sad to say. That's the nature of their business. I mean, the old saying, you got to pay to play. Hey, you know, the landlord understood and said, hey, you can you can walk away debt free. I mean, I'm sure he realized there's no way I'm going to get any money out of this guy. He may have had some more buildings and realized the same thing, too. And they said, hey, I'll just lock it up. And maybe somebody will come along that can pay rent. And maybe not. I'll just lock it up until this pandemic is over. A lot of people are optimistic about it. They say, hey, maybe we can rebound. But then there's some that say, hey, you know, it's going to be totally different when we get out of this pandemic. And I believe wholeheartedly it is. It is going to look totally different from what we were once accustomed to, you know, so I I don't know this, that is, this has got to be one of the the hardest things for anybody to to digest that, like I said, you put your all into something and all of a sudden it's, it's literally taken away from you and there's not anything you can do about it. There's not anything you can do about it. You can say a lot, but the real at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about it. And, and I'm sure you re- he realizes that there's really nothing I can do like others. Like I said, they have to cut their losses and just walk away. Just walk away from something you build. How disheartening is that? I, and I honestly don't believe there's not any amount of money that the government or, or courts or anybody can give you. Because let's say you do win the lawsuit. Get to twenty five thousand. You're still in a pandemic. Can't do anything with it. Now, let's see. Well, you can start something else, but what do you what do you do? We're in a we're we're not in the middle of a pandemic. We're in a pandemic, and it's still ongoing. So I'm going to cut out of here. I just wanted to jump on here this morning to, to just. Talk about that. I found that article interesting and heart tugging at the same time. Well, tomorrow I'm going to be uh, diving into a, a, one of the main things I'm going to be diving into is another facet of COVID and how it is affecting Department of Health, Health and Services in rural counties here in North Carolina. Apparently, there's some funding. And staffing problems. How surprising. We all know the governmental red tape or blue tape or yellow tape or tape in general. We all know how that goes. That article there was uh, very eye-awakening. It opened my eyes to a lot. A lot of things I didn't even consider. So we'll be diving into that tomorrow along with some other great topics But, like I said, that's, well, 
that's going to be all for me today. That's, that's it. I'm done with it. I'll get out of here. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Once again, Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response message. And I would love to hear your voice. So, offer feedback. You can also make a monetary contribution also. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. This is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.